Welcome to the Better ROI from Software Development Podcast. A podcast aimed at those that fund software development and those that work with them. In a series of short weekly podcasts, I, your host Mark Taylor, hope to educate and inform on why traditional management processes won't get you the best return on your investment. And along the way, I'll provide advice on how to improve that. And welcome back to the Better ROI from Software Development Podcast. Over the last few episodes, I've been talking about the state of DevOps support and what it says about practices that help you achieve better results. I summarized the state of DevOps report 2021 back in episode 120. Then in 121, I talked about what the report said about cloud computing. 122, what the report said about documentation. 123, what it said about DevOps technical practices, 124, what it said about security, and 125, the last episode, what it said about culture. This time, I want to wrap up the series on the State of DevOps report, and I want to look at the last practice they talked about, Site Reliability Engineering. Site Reliability Engineering are practices that came out of Google's effort to handle massive scale. So, why might this episode be of interest to you? Firstly, you might be understanding, what is site reliability engineering? You might be wondering, how does it relate to DevOps? And what correlation the report found in site reliability engineering use? But first, a quick recap. If you've not listened to the previous episode, I'll give you a quick recap of DevOps and the state of DevOps report. For DevOps, I like the Microsoft definition. Begin quote. A compound of development Dev and operations, ops. DevOps is the union of people, process, and technology to continually provide value to customers. It's a marriage of traditionally opposing forces innovation and change from the development team, stability and limiting change from the operations team. DevOps, however, is a focus on business outcomes that mix of the two. The state of DevOps report is now in its seventh year of reporting on over 32,000 professionals worldwide. Produced by the DORA team, DevOps Research and Assessment, it's the longest-running academically rigorous research investigation of its kind. And for me, it provides clear evidence on the benefits of DevOps and its practices. But many of these practices are universal. So even if you're not officially doing DevOps, I still think they provide benefit to you and your teams. And One of the practices that report took a specific look at was site reliability engineering. Wikipedia describes site reliability engineering as, begin quote, Site reliability engineering is a set of principles and practices that incorporates aspects of software engineering and applies them to infrastructure and operational problems. The main goals are to create scalable and highly reliable software systems. Site reliability engineering is closely related to DevOps, a set of practices that combines software development and IT operations. And SRE has also been described as a specific implementation of DevOps. End quote. Site reliability engineering originated out of Google and was a direct response to having to handle massive scale. One of the problems that Google faced was the ability to scale their systems without scaling the workforce at the same rate. They need to achieve a much higher level productivity from their operational staff. In a normal organization, 
you may have a ratio of tens of servers per member of operational team. At a certain point, most team members will only be able to handle a certain number of machines, given the work that they need to do to keep them updated, maintained and working. Google, given their scale, needed to get that ratio into the thousands of machine per operational team member. And Google achieves this through site reliability engineering. And the key here is the word engineering. They wanted their staff to think about the work they did like engineers rather than just workers. As such, they're expected to be at most 50% loaded with the manual tasks we might normally associate with operational staff, keeping machines updated, maintained and working. The rest of their time was spent on engineering, much of that work away. Much of this was through automation and developing more intelligent processes and systems. So much of this mindset has then fed back into everything Google does. Everything is an opportunity to learn and improve. Be it daily repetitive tasks. How do we automate them away? Be it any customer affecting outage. Post-mortems are performed. Google then openly celebrate and distribute that post-mortem work. While many organizations would rather brush their problems under the carpet for fear of embarrassment or even look at disciplinary action, Google sees the value of sharing and learning and improving their service reliability engineering practices across the organization. And by doing this, they have been able to scale their systems without having to employ every IT person on the planet. There is a lot of crossover with the DevOps principles and practices, and the report considers them complementary practices with their research demo clear alignment. Specifically, the report assessed the degree to which respondents followed these five SRE practices. Define reliability in terms of user-facing behavior. Employ the service level indicator and objective metrics framework to prioritize work according to error budgets. Use automation to reduce manual work and disruptive alerts. Define protocols and preparedness drills for incident response. And incorporate reliability principles throughout the software delivery lifecycle. Shift left on reliability. In their analysis, they found that the majority of teams in the study, 52% of respondents, reported some use of SRA practices to some extent. Yet only 10% indicated they had implemented every SRE practice that the report investigated. They did find, however, that those teams that excelled at these modern operational practices were 1.4 times more likely to report greater software development and operational performance and 1.8 times more likely to report better business outcomes. Site reliability engineering is a large topic. Take, for example, the canonical book on the subject, Site Reliability Engineering by O'Reilly. If you listen to that on Audible, it's over 20 hours. That's the same length as Harry Potter, The Philosopher's Stone and The Chamber of Secrets. It's a very technical subject and one that I would not recommend entering into lightly. And in most cases, organizations are simply too small to adopt site reliability engineering to its fullest. However, there are a number of practices that I believe that are useful to consider in isolation. In the coming weeks, I'd like to talk about a number of them. The differences between service level indicators, objectives, and agreements. Error budgets. Handling failures. And checklists.
Should we use them or shouldn't we? In this episode, I've given you a brief recap of DevOps and the state of DevOps report. And I've given you a summary of site reliability engineering and how it's evolved out of Google as a direct response to them having to handle massive scale. I've talked about how the report found that while 52% respondents said that you use some part of the SRE practices, only 10% used all of those examined. And I talked about how the report correlated that teams using these SRE practices were 1.4 times more likely to report greater software development and operational performance, and 1.8 times more likely to report better business outcomes. This episode concludes my look at the 2021 State of DevOps report. In episode 120, I summarized the report. In 121, I talked about what the report said about cloud computing. 122, what it said about documentation. 123, what it said about DevOps technical practices. 124, what it said about security. 125, what it said about culture. And in this episode, 126, what it said about site reliability engineering. I would like to reiterate that I find the state of DevOps report to be an incredibly useful artifact. For me, it provides clear evidence of the benefits of DevOps and its practices. Regardless how mature your software development process, I'd really consider taking a good look at the state of DevOps report. If you're early days, you can get a clear idea of what might be your biggest wins especially if you're just starting to look at the practices of DevOps. If you've reached level maturity, the report also helps you look to do what next. What are similar organizations doing? What could be your next way of improving what you're doing? And it's all backed up by that incredibly detailed scientific analysis. As with all the episodes talking about the state DevOps report, I'll provide a link in the show notes, and I would certainly recommend giving it a read. In the next episode, I want to talk about how Google uses service level indicators, objectives, and agreements. Why 100% uptime might not be the correct target, and why uptime might not be the best indicator in the first place. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I look forward to speaking to you again next week. This podcast has been hosted by me, Mark Taylor. It has been produced by Red Folder Consultancy Limited, a consultancy that can help you achieve better return on your software development investment. You can contact them or sign up to the mailing list at red-folder.com. Or you can reach out to me on Twitter at redfoldermark. If you're getting value from this series, please tell a friend and help me grow my audience.